11 o'clock comics episode 32 care of that before you get on the microphone. I'm kind of excited about the whole action thing. Oh, no. <clears throat> See, and, the other, and what kills me is people are like, oh, but Superman wasn't in it during Death of Superman. No, but there was somebody, even though we knew it wasn't. Save it. The real, Save it. All right, all right. <laughs> this, is, this is all the, you know, the... Oh, the, we got to get into uh, this now. And, yeah. yeah, we got to do this. It's on. What, 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 what kills me is back then... Welcome to you the had. longest intro ever. <laughs> you had, you had. Yeah. All right, you save had. it, save it, ah. save it. Hello, and happy Thanksgiving, and welcome to 11 O'Clock Comics. Gobble, gobble. That's right. I am Vince B., the art bell of comics podcasting, and <laughs> proud of it, damn it. I'm Christopher Naisman, and, and David, is Thanksgiving's a Jewish holiday, right? Man, there's food involved. My family could care less. Who celebrates what? <laughs> All right, fair enough. There's no, there's no presents to exchange. Nobody, there's no Hanukkah guilt given. You know, it's, it's, it's not a a frugal holiday. So yes, yeah, so I don't normally the, the, associate David and guilt. You know, that's just strange concept, isn't it? Is the thing I said guilt. Following oh, I thought you said guilt. <laughs> I thought you said gilding. <laughs> no, the Thanksgiving turkey is not following me on Twitter. <laughs> neither is Santa Claus. I'm, neither is Santa Claus. I'm crying a tear. And and I'm David Price. And I'm Mother's Milk. No, you're not Mother's Milk, although he is very cool. You are slightly cooler because you're Jason Wood. Nice. Yes, With how about that? Five O's, two Lots, D's, and an E. Lots of O's, a D, and an E. Right, right. Wood. Mother's Milk, are we talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Mm, we're, talking we're talking the about the boys. boys. Yes. Kick-ass series. <laughs> yes. So we should wish them happy Thanksgiving because Absolutely. by the happy time Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, by the time they hear this, it will be Thanksgiving. And I know we're all thankful for everybody who listens to this show, right? And our forum dudes and just about everything in the world. I love I know I love love our forum. I mean just the people that and I'm not I'm not trying to ladle it on or anything like that. I just I think we just have a really, really cool group of people on the forum. We do. And if you'd like to experience that firsthand, you can type 
forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com into your web browser. Hit enter and you will be greeted by a bunch of smiling faces that love comic books. Smooth as silk, Vince. You're smooth as silk. I'm trying. I'm really trying. It, it, it's been a rough day. I, I almost got reamed again in a Superman thread. It came close. Oh, that is so not... Oh, my God. That is so not... I don't see that as being reamed. And... But I... I <laughs> Listen to David. He's like, the claws are out. He's grabbing a gun. It's good, though. Just, Emotion I, is good. I don't... Because I don't I, and, and I get that from you. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. You know, so it's... It's cool, but I mean, all of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh my God, it's 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 raining," and and poor Vince, and someone check on him, and it's like he's not saying anything that would cause me to worry about the man. Well, right. well let's just let's just flesh it out for one second Don't, before yeah. we well, get speaking into speaking of, of kryptonite. What are you drinking? Oh, <laughs> let's 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 pause. I think it's the first time Woods ever introed it. Yeah, cool. Nice. Let's let's, let's pause and uh, put that on hold for a little while, and let's get into the drink thing. Who usually starts this off? Um, I, I guess that's kind of my job because um, I'm a drunk. Uh, what, what are you drinking? Uh, I am on my sixth Heineken. Oh, Jesus. Damn. Cool. Yeah. It's a holiday, baby. Yeah, I was going to say, you're ready for a couple days off, aren't you? Uh, Mr. Mr. Price, what are you, what are you sipping on? Well, I'm I'm pouring some of my forty out for Santa Claus, but the <laughs> the um, why waste it? <laughs> I I was drinking some. Well, I'm finishing it actually. Some uh, Samuel Adams Winter Lager, <laughs> and and this will probably last me throughout the season because I bought a case and and I'm not a big beer drinker, so that'll last a while. But what I what I'm drinking for the show is Jim Beam. And lemon lime soda. Although it's not Sprite, it's not Seven Up because my cheap ass is only going to buy whatever the hell Stop and Shop sells. So it's called Quist, but it's it's Jim Beam and lemon lime soda. That's, Neat. That's, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's fine. It's pretty much like a like a Seven Up or whatever. Right. Um, you know what I like? Um, if I'm going to go with a carbonated um, soda like that, with you know citrusy, Jim Beam and Squirt is awesome. Uh, Squirt? Excuse me. I could put you some guys, squirt in that for you. You guys, <laughs> yeah. if you, guys if you guys have squirt in the pants? Or? Is it no, is, you, is it a regional thing? Is it who makes it? Who's who's the distributor? Um, it may be it may be it may be a Coca Cola product. I'm not for sure, but uh, it's um, yeah, it's a real citrusy um, carbonated soda. It's almost like a sour um, think of like sour mix, but carbonated. It's awesome. Squirt squirt is great. Hmm. You know, I love how you're a connoisseur of this stuff. That that impresses me to no end. His <laughs> nipples are hard. No, no, really, because I just open the mouth and throw the stuff down. If it tastes good to me, that's fine. But Chris has like these Pepsi little, Max for some reason. I do. I love Pepsi Max. But Chris has these little nuances, like this is bitter, so you would add this, or this is slightly sour, yeah. so it goes well with that. I have no idea about that stuff. It's, it's my wife that that is crazy with it with wine. It's yeah. So it, for me, like talking about squirt that's me she'll talk about the wine so oh. <laughs> um well, mr mr b um art bell what are you what are you drinking this week um i'm i'm drinking yingling lager but i'm holding the bottle in my left hand this week <laughs> <laughs> see that yingling with the twist spin a rooney on it yeah yes same thing same old same old right. i'm yeah. i'm the head on easter island i never change <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, 
much like wood, it is. Uh, um, I've decided it is uh, holiday time, and so I'm uh, I'm two festing. Um, I've got a, I've got a beer and uh, and a bourbon. The uh, the beer that I'm drinking, uh, I was at uh, at the liquor store that has a really nice cheese shop because I have to. I'm in charge of the cheese plate uh, for tomorrow's holiday dinner, <laughs> um, so I have to pick up a bunch of cheeses. So I also found some nice beer, and I am oh, drinking. I'm drinking a Hoppin Frog Oatmeal Imperial Stout from. Wow. Uh, actually, it is uh, Hoppin Frog Boris the Crusher Oatmeal Imperial Stout, and this is a. Uh, it is uh, brewed and bottled by the Hoppin Frog Brewing Company in Akron, Ohio, and uh, it is a. It's really an outstanding imperial. Um, oatmeal stout. So I don't know if you've ever had an oatmeal stout before, but it is a, it is kind of um, it, it's thicker and darker than coffee, but it is an absolutely delicious beer. So, uh, and then I've got a little Knob Creek uh, chilling over on the side. So there you go. Oh, it sounds delicious. That oatmeal thing. The oatmeal stout is delicious. It, it was a really um, dark, rich beer. It's uh, it's going to be different than uh, than like a Guinness in in what you think of you know dark and, and creamy beers. Um, it's uh, it, it's probably even a little bit richer than uh, than a Guinness. Uh, it, it's a different taste profile. I I absolutely love oatmeal stouts. It's uh, it's one that you're only going to drink one or two. You're not going to go out and drink you know eight or nine of these over the course of a night they're they're pretty filling it's, it, it's a good hearty beer but um i i love it especially as it gets a little bit um into the into the cooler season here it's it's a really it's a really hearty beer and you can actually let it get a little you know room temperature and it's very tasty i'm really glad you didn't say mouthfeel and tom <laughs> tom is really glad you didn't say it either <laughs> so there you have it. There's our drinks. Now let's get back to the the, the, the Dan DiDio talk. Let's set Edumicatus. it up. Set it up a little bit. David started a thread excerpting an interview that Dan DiDio did claiming that Jeff Johns is off action. As is Superman. Uh, well, yeah, as is that. that was, that's what I was referring to. Wait, wait, wait. For now. For now. For now. It's... Yeah, well, it, you don't even have to end it with for now. We know it's for now, but the fact that it's happening is what's kind of... Go ahead. You, you guys aren't going to be able to throw the ball if I don't set the pins up. No, I'm confused. No, no, don't be confused. You can catch up. And So sit down, young man. So, so Jeff Johns is off Superman. Greg Rucka is on Superman, which or action, action. right? Which is action. cool. I love Greg Rucka. He's a fantastic writer and a cute guy to boot. But they are they are taking Superman out of action comics and the main characters from what we've been told is Nightwing and Flamebird. Or Flamebird and Nightwing. Okay. Yeah, mix it up, it's still the same. And then so I commented saying, I you know, I really don't think that's a very good idea, blah 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 and that's when I ran the risk of getting gang raped again because of my comments. <laughs> actually, actually, you borrowed my snark because you said, "Wow, I'm so excited!" I, mean, I really sit down, and that's the whole thing that I w- that I was saying that y- you have one of the four legendary comics that even the man on the street immediately associates with 
superheroes. You know, Superman has action, Batman has detective, Amazing Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. That's the 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 the, uh, the main dogs out there. They're the flagship books of both titles. To take Superman out of action and put Nightwing and Flamebird in, I think they're they're making a huge mistake. Huge, but that's just me. And then so now David can go and take it where he wanted to. Just we set that all up. Well, what was what what, what were you going to say, Wood? I, I this is I must have confused this latest news with. I thought Vince was upset about the whole news that allegedly Didio and James Robinson got in a brawl, and that Robinson, oh, that's old hat, man. No, so man, this is so, this is, that's that, that is so last and week. This is yeah. this, <laughs> this is, is today's Didio's. Yeah, he he had oh. another twenty questions today. Okay, yeah. so and, what is that for? John's supposed three-year Bible that he submitted. That's well, he's still he's he, James Robinson was still in, was involved in that. So so at least one of the. One of the two writers is still going to follow through with what the plans were. Johns James, James and Gary Robinson, Frank. James Robinson is still on Superman. Yes. The stuff that, that Rich Johnson speculated about apparently is bunk, and James Robinson is still on Superman. Oh, I didn't hear it well, was well, bunk. I didn't hear it was bunk either. Yeah. What, I, what I heard was that, uh, was that when it happened, um, another... DC writer, former DC writer and Marvel writer and Boom Studios editor-in-chief was tapped to <laughs> Gee, I wonder who that on, could be. <laughs> take on Superman and uh, and because of yeah, the oh Christ, well so much Superman lasting. So the the uh, it looks like now what they're what they might be doing is trying to set something up for Mark Wade to still do something with Superman. However, the creative teams for Superman and Supergirl are still intact. Action Comics, formerly done by Gary Frank and Jeff Johns, they will be doing the miniseries Superman Secret Origin because we all know how much of a secret that origin has been. And the reason it's going to be a mini is because Johns has a lot on his plate with Blackest Night, with JSA and other things. So he's, thank you. He's, he's, he's got things going on and, and, and they don't want him to, they didn't want to bog down the super, the action comics title with the secret origin. They figured they'd make it separate according to the deal and let them take their time and do that. Greg Rucka and Eddie Barrows from, was it Teen Titans, I think, they'll yes. be working on action comics and. With Flamebird. Or Flamebird and Nightwing. And they, uh, and it's, uh, and yeah, and there's, and <laughs> there's going to be, uh, Adventure Comics, there, there. He hasn't said anything new about that yet. That hasn't. That that's still a couple of months away. Um, but yeah, the uh, there will be a new series called Superman: New Krypton, written by Andrew Kreisberg, who I think was writing Outsiders, and that he will is be the new, He's the new writer um, with Mike on Green Arrow, Black Canary. That's, that's it. Right. Yes, that's what they he's said. He's also writing, and and Pete Woods will be drawing Superman: New Krypton. Yeah, Kreisberg was one of the writers on Eli Stone. So that's it. Um, yeah, look, look for him to have more comic book work here. <laughs> yeah. So, so some some changes going on in the Superman world now. As far as the people that want to say, well, this isn't the first time Superman is missing in action. It, it's when I when I think back on the death of Superman, even though everybody who was reading at the time knew Kal El would be back. There were four Superman comics with four 
characters picking up the mantle, whether they were, you know, right. whether one was extremely evil and one was crazy and then one was a boy and, and one was black. They were just, they, <laughs> they, they, uh, we, they, there was a Superman type figure, right. you know, I, to have, to, to, to stress Vince's point with Nightwing and Flamebird, it's, I don't see, I, I see the Krypton connection, but yeah. I don't see the Superman connection yet. But but see, my, my whole point is that can the market support another Superman title or Superman related title? It can't support the ones it has now, almost. You know, and 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 to take unproven characters, and if anybody can prove them, I'm I'm admitting it. Greg Rucka can. He proved himself on Adventures of Superman. He had a fantastic run. He's the guy to do it. Or one of the guys to do it, you know. But to take Nightwing and Flamebird, where, where you have one character who's immediately associated with Batman's protege in a series that did not last. It, it wasn't selling all that great, and now it's canceled for other reasons. But to take a character that's associated with Batman, even though it's a Kryptonian connection in this book it's it's not going to sell I, I don't see how it's going to increase the the uh, you know the amount of people reading the book it's only going to do this for like a year it's it's going to be like 12 issues that's a long time in comic book land no yeah, it, it's a year it's, it's a year it's a year with this title but there are if, if they're going to have the triangle numbering this is a storyline that's going to go on for at least 52 issues yeah and, and and look at me, the big idiot, complaining about it to a certain extent. I'll be buying it because it's a yeah. Superman book. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's like you know, I'm, well, I'm, I'm powerless. I have. I'm to just. Buy them. I'm. I'm glad that Greg Rucka will finally be writing a book more than three dozen people will be reading. Exactly. That's well, what I'm happy about. That they're they're finally giving Rucka something that could has the potential to draw some serious numbers. Yes. Yeah. At least he's been on Detective before, so it's not like he's you a know great mm-hmm. there. languished yeah. in the. Know, in the in the in the fields and not had a a, a big seller. So well, this is and, good though, right? I mean, Chris, you must be happy. And and it certainly yeah. seemed what was it about a year ago that Rucka was making some fairly overt comments that he wasn't super happy with some of the stuff going on at TC and no, exclusive more, and that he was free to do other things. So maybe this is at least from a DC perspective, what I think they could use all the good news they could get. Maybe they're. They're trying to mend fences there and give him some some work that will keep his uh, his focus at DC. You know, I I, I think he was kind of looking a little bit you know a broader scope than that. Um, you know, he'd been signed exclusive at DC for like four years, and I think he was I think he was looking forward to having you know he's established. If he wants to write comics, he's going to be able to write comics. So it's not like he's having to work his way up. You know, through the ladder, um, like a lot of like a lot of other folks are. But uh, you know, I think he wanted to write something with Brew Baker again, and he couldn't do that under his exclusive. And so he got to got to co-write with uh, with Brew Baker on Daredevil, which he would not have been able to do under his exclusive. And you know, I think he I think he enjoys DC characters, and um, so I think you'll see him you know do stuff at both companies. But you know, he's also doing. You know, novels and that kind of stuff. So, um, so I think his case is a little bit different than you know than you know some other folks because he does do the novels and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'll read action. Um, I'm kind of on the other side of the fence from Vince. I'm kind of glad that it's not 
a Superman book, but it's a Superman family book. I mean, we have. Hey, if you if you want a Superman book, you have Superman, and you know it's not like this is going to be you know Nightwing and Flamebird's book forever. This is there's going they're basically creating another book that Superman is going to be in. So how many, you know he's going to have Superman, and then the Superman New Krypton. And then there's going to be Adventure, which is part of the Superman family, and Supergirl, and Action. So, I mean, if you're a Superman fan, this is a pretty good time to be reading comic books. Woohoo! See, that's what I was going to say. Knowing Rucka, he's a sharp cat. He's going to make Action a Superman family title where, yeah... Flamebird and Nightwing are going to be the focal point, but he's probably going to rely on a lot of the Superman characters to to propel the story. So, yeah, I guess we're getting a Superman family book. That's what I was. Saying. Absolutely, right. it's it's whatever's going to happen with these Kandorians, which you know I have a feeling at the end of of New Krypton that I, I doubt if they're going to be you know on you know if they're going to be Earthbound because yeah, they can't be. Well, apparently Superman, it's like they're looking at like this year of Superman being off planet. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. You know, obviously something, you know, really devastating is going to happen because he's not just leaving, you know, Earth. He's leaving Lois and his job at the planet. So, I mean, it's going to be something pretty devastating and it's going to be interesting to see how this affects other titles like JLA. Yeah. So should we move on before we get accused of being a DC podcast? Well, I was I was going to kind of continue on, especially with another comic that came out today, but I'll, have, uh, I'll wait until we question, talk about though, that. Yes, to ask I was, Chris. Mm-hmm. What is this that I see in the previews that Scotty Young is writing new X-Men? Yeah. No, Young mm-hmm. X-Men. Or Young, young X-Men, X-Men. Or, yeah. Well, I don't know if he's long-term. I saw that in the previews. I meant to ask that as well. But yeah, yeah What's up with that? Scotty's Scotty's been doing a lot of writing. I think he wants to be more writing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you uh, wrote that and was it Anol or Anoli story in the what in was the, it uh, the divided me fall? Yeah, divide right. Yeah, Anoli, and then uh, if you pick up the uh, the Marvel the the monsters hardcover, and um, I've got it on my shelf. I I can't see it right now, but he did a um, he did a Frankenstein story that was awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. in there, yeah. and uh, he's done. Um, or actually, I don't know if he's done, so I, I probably shouldn't. I, it's not like I don't, you know. Uh, Sal is in the office next to me at work, and Scotty will call and be like, "What do you think about this?" And I'll hear them like bouncing ideas off of each other. So you know, I, I know that Scotty, you know, is is dedicated to be an artist, but he really is excited about being able to write some stuff. So, so it truly is young X Men, isn't it? I'd lo- I'd, and I would love to see him write and draw some stuff. Even though it really, you know, the way I, the way I've, you know, kind of overheard stuff is that is that he, you know, he kind of wants to draw what other people are writing and have other people draw what he is writing. I, I don't know if he wants to be that, you know, that true, you know, auteur, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Creator, so but kind of you like know, like, I, like Oming's done, like who, like Mike Oming. You know he yeah he, he was the mm-hmm. on a mega flight, but didn't draw it, and obviously he's still drawing a lot of stuff. Wish he did. And, and Scotty would say like <laughs> you're Oming, but uh, but awesome. You're evil. <laughs> 
Yeah, what was she had drawn it and didn't write it. <laughs> oh, what, what's, what's one? Did David... <laughs> oh, my God. Did, did David, did David um, sneak in a, a snarky comment there? Yeah, he no, always... No, not me. He always Scott shits Collins, on us. He got a little digging at Scott no, Collins. No, no, he doesn't. No, he, oh, he, he shit. No, not always. He shits on what he finds to be not so great Scott Collins' work. But yep. I've seen good, oh, I, I've seen good Collins' work, which is why I feel that I can say that Omega Flight wasn't all that great. Omega Flight was terrible. It Beyond was, was yeah. better than Omega Flight, and, and that's not saying too much. You know, I really liked uh, Rogue's Revenge, though. Hell yeah. I didn't. Scott Collins was the man born to draw the speedsters. Yeah. What raves about it, I just don't get his stuff. I I don't, I mean, I I respect, I'm not going to say I don't, I'm not going to ever say he's a bad artist, but I just don't care for his style at all. Wow. Too scratchy, too frenetic. It's it's too what? It's just not defined enough. It's too scratchy. Did you say frenetic? That's exactly why I think he's perfect to draw the speedsters. Yeah, you know, I, well, maybe I, I so. Actually, I haven't read much Flash, so maybe that is where he has his niche. I oh, mean, his I did read run in Flash is incredible. Yeah, his yeah. stuff, his stuff with Jeff Johns on the Flash, I really enjoyed. And I saw saw the Omega fight, and I was like, "Is this the same guy?" And then he does Rogue's Revenge, and it's like, "Oh, well, okay, it's it's still it's still him. He's still got it." So, yeah, you know, I I don't know. I just he's got that DC thing. It's, well, it's maybe his enthusiasm for the the uh, source material shows. I guess. Yeah, that that could be it. So, Dave, what were you going to say before about the starting to talk about something? Well, no, I'll. Um, I have notes. We can get back to it, but it's um, it ties into another comic that came out today that I'm sure we're going to talk about. But by all means, if you want to expand on on our scope of not just being DC, then then, then please feel free to talk about something else. I wouldn't be too sure about that because Chris didn't read it. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm sorry, guys. I'm behind, and I actually have to read it um, because I've got to. I've got to talk about it on Friday. So, and uh, of course, we're talking about Batman R.I.P. the conclusion in issue eight uh, six eighty one. If you guys, if you guys want to talk about it, I can. I can no. come back. No, we're not going to poop on your parade. That's cool. No, no, I can. I can even come back. No, believe me. No, no, we can't. You, you just, it can't you because other it. people, other people that order monthly or weekly books, they may not have gotten it yet. So if we talk about it next week, it's not going to be any less extravagant. And you know you what? Guys, do you guys this, do it like a full R.I.P. wrap up next week? Hey, we could do that. Yeah, because you oh, tell you the truth, I would like to read all the series over again. Yeah, so would I. Yeah, me too. Plus, Might make sense then. Oh, please. And would. I'd be in Disney, given hanging out with Uncle Scrooge. Oh, you're not in here next week. No, I'll be in Disney. But you're with Uncle Scrooge. Do, do you, Dude, do you, come on. Do you have a phone? Pinch his ass for me. Do you have a phone? Take Vince's books, get him autographed, have him sign his you books. Know, yeah, you know, yeah, by but, some no, schlub in an Uncle but, Scrooge copy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see you kind of like step up and take some responsibility in this whole podcasting thing, Wood. You know, yeah. this isn't just kind of whenever you want to kind of thing. Amen. <laughs> family first, baby. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're We're correct. not family. Oh, I'll <laughs> tell you, Vince can make it blood family. family. Don't worry I, about I, it. My right. my five year old son today, speaking of family, finally made the connection that my father's wife is not my mother. That led me quite a few questions. I was not quite prepared to explain. Wow, because yeah. that was followed up by, "Well, wait a minute, does that mean that you and mommy aren't going to be married always?" Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so it was one of those things. And what did you tell him? I told him we would be together forever. 
Good. Oh, see, you know what I was said? <laughs> mommy gets <laughs> fat. If the, if the bitch keeps bringing me sandwiches, everything will be all right. <laughs> you better take your ass to the stove. <laughs> I've heard you talk to your children, Vince. And that's exactly uh, yeah. You betcha. Uh, I, you know, it must be a weird time for kids because we're getting really distracted here. M- my daughter is 11 and my sister-in-law's girl is 12. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say this too loud in case they're up. My, my sister-in-law's kid doesn't believe. Mm-hmm. And, and Nina still does. Okay. So it's, they're, they're like the Bobsy twins. They're always together. So I'm trying not to let the older one blurt it out or impart mm-hmm. her beliefs on it's really tough. Because that's a magical part of, kid, of childhood. You, you should not, you know, willingly squash somebody else's magic like that. How just has because- she gone this long in her life just, I would think, being exposed to other school kids without having that de- 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 myth, that, you know, that myth? Torn asunder because Vince dresses up as Santa Claus every night. And- I'll tell you, it's hard getting down that chimney. <laughs> no, my kids have a, a naivete and an innocence that a lot, I've, I don't see in a lot of kids. I'm lucky That's that great. way. I'm lucky. Yeah. yeah. My, my, I mean, my, Mia well, thinks that Star Wars is real. Come on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so my four-year-old is convinced to have a super suit. <laughs> and he asks to see it all the time, and I tell him it's hidden in a wall, and I can't show him until he's old enough to be my sidekick. So every other day, he'd be like, Daddy, do you really have a super suit? And I'll just look at him and say, well, what do you think? And he says, that's so cool. <laughs> I, I put it on when me and Mommy closed the door. Not <laughs> <laughs> the super Jimmy hat. <laughs> oh, not all a, right, let's move on. Oh, yeah, not yeah. the body wrapper, not again. <laughs> what are we reading, people? I have something that I read, but I don't really want to lead off with it because it's a freaking downer. Okay, I, let's I talk just, about... Oh, go ahead. But was it a, a ridiculously huge week for for everybody else? Well, I get my stuff every, every other week, so... Well, no. and, and <laughs> next week or the week after, it might be uh, a huge... I, I had 16 books. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a job waiting for me. There was a lot today. Yeah, that's a yeah, small I, usually. <laughs> that's, that's a that's I, I, I'd love to have sixteen books. You read up. more than sixteen books a week. I buy more than sixteen books a week. I don't read really. Them. Wow, because wow. well, I, I would say just... my average DCBS order is ninety to one hundred individual comics, and then any number of trades. So, oh, sure. man, God bless you. You know, I think one of the problems I I have where. The recall is not there anymore, mm-hmm. and I look at guys like you know Peter Rios who can bang, rattle the stuff off that they've read it, 10, 20 years ago. I can't do that. What was that? It, Caters has recall like you wouldn't believe. Oh, he yeah, does. and Tom, too. <laughs> like, Tom was dropping the science today on the forum in in, in respect yeah. to the Flash and the the... Nightwing and Flamebird, and um, I was I I knew some of it, but to, to get the details like Tom can get, I can't do that. And I think it's because I read so many freaking comic books. It's there's just too many out there, and I buy too many. And and how could you keep everything straight when you're reading like forty, fifty titles, sixty titles a month? It's incredibly even the sharpest minds can't keep everything in the little boxes. I don't know how those guys do it. Maybe uh, I'm just getting old. I don't know, but it just seems like a lot of information to process. Yeah, we're not savoring these books. Suntress. Suntress is is the other one. Uh, it's like you get Tom and Suntress in a in a room mm-hmm. together. It 
it's ridiculous. It's yeah, you know, I was talking to talking to John. I actually talked to Tom and John on different uh, different occasions about Flamebird and 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 Nightwing, and both of them knew the complete history, like dating back to the '60s. You know, Superman's pal going into the you know Bottle City. I'm just like, you are insane. How am I supposed to know that? And they're like, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're crazy. Well, I think a lot of it is because those two characters are just magnificent examples, and you know everyone loves them. So, God, how could you not know? <laughs> That's why they're getting their own book on their action comic. <laughs> no, but it just seems like there's too much information to process for me, anyway. That's why I like to let things build up. Do you guys do that? Like, I'll especially with things like uh, Gotham After Midnight, which is a really cool series by Steve Niles and Kelly Jones. It's on issue seven now. I've read the first one, loved it, and I'm just letting them pile up. To the mm-hmm. to the whole twelve issues are out, and that way I can make sense of the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Because I do that mo- all the time. Yeah, I, month to month, I forget what happens the, the mm-hmm. month before. That's what I'm doing with RIP. Yeah, but exactly. In this issue of RIP, it starts with Batman in a certain situation. I was like, wait a minute, do I remember that? So I had to go yeah. back, and I was like, yeah, okay, you know, there we go. But yeah, it's it's just too much information. Like there the are certain said. books. There, yeah, there are certain books that I I keep up with just because hot button books event books i know we're going to talk about going to be on the forums but for the most part i i I do what you do vince i i stockpile titles um and then try and read them in little mini runs and i don't i don't necessarily do it with any great science it's not it's not as though i i put aside a certain arc and say okay this is a new arc let me save it i just kind of let them build up until there's i'm in the mood to read that title and then i'll get caught up so yeah you know, I, like I notice fifteen issues of Trinity. I'm gonna catch up with this weekend. Oh, it's sweet. It is sweet. I notice I do it a lot with Warren Ellis books, like Doctor <laughs> Sleepless. I, I, I let Doctor Sleepless build up about six, seven issues, and it's a richer reading experience for me when I do that. And what we're really doing is we're trade waiting, only we're buying them in installments. Right. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, hey, um, before I forget, do you guys mind if I plug something real quick? Plug away. Um. We were talking about, and I should have mentioned it whenever we were talking about the the Superman stuff. Um, Friday, December twelfth, at Challengers Comics on Western Avenue, James Robinson is going to be doing a signing from five to seven o'clock, and then after that, we're um, we're moving our AC recording from Dark Tower just for one night. We're going to move down to to Challengers, and we're going to um, have James Robinson sit in with us on the roundtable. And if anyone is in the Chicagoland area, you are more than welcome to come to a the signing and b um, hang around for the recording afterwards. It's fantastic! Awesome. Congratulations! Yeah. yeah. Oh, it'll be a lot. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, but yeah, definitely. If you're if you're in the Chicago area, and uh, like Jim Nelson, I'm talking to you, um, <laughs> and Scarzy, if he's around, um, you know, all those all those guys, um, come on down on that Friday to uh, to Challengers, and there will be uh, be uh, much uh, comic book talk and jubilation. So, it'll be a lot of fun. You better stack up on the plastic sheeting if Matt Kramer gets there. Because oh, he's, he's going to be spitting them me? out left and right, yeah. Dude, I, I as soon as I found out that he was going to be there, I called Matt, and <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been like emailing me like you know out, like you know once a day, be like, okay, you know th- these plans are set, and I've got <laughs> got the stuff picked out that I'm going to have him sign, and yeah, he, he's <laughs> the very, stuff picked he's out I'm going to wear. 
<laughs> you know, if I, if we didn't if we didn't know Matt so well, it would almost be like the Chris Farley character with Paul McCartney. Remember that time? In, in like, <laughs> it, it's totally going to be that with the, uh, the Starman stuff. It's like, yeah, remember that time um, when Shade did that thing that was really cool? That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> I talked about that on my podcast. <laughs> He sees Sarah next to him. Oh my God! You know, he's embarrassed me. Yeah, Sarah's going to be like, God. It, um, yeah, he's just a man. Um, just talk to him. Yeah, I will, I will. Watch, he bleeds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, good, you know, they're good people. You should, you should talk, Vince. I, I remember you talking, or that's in air quotes, to John Romita Jr. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I had to keep my hands over my crotch because I had a raging hard eye. <laughs> <laughs> I, found, I, found, I found pictures of that today. I was looking through some old, through some old uh, iPhoto catalogs, and I had uh, uh, pictures of Vince interviewing uh, Junior in, uh, oh. in Chicago a couple years ago. That was beautiful. Really, was awesome. what a, what a down to earth guy. He's awesome. He is. Why shouldn't Our, he be? Because he's fantastic. You know, they, you got talent like that. You tend to get maybe a little. It's hard to be down to earth if you are a god. That's right. <laughs> See, I don't buy that. I never got that with. I, I don't. I understand what you're saying, but I, he's a god among a relatively select few human beings. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, you, you're absolutely right. But he is. I mean, he's, John Romita Jr. doesn't have to worry about getting mobbed coming out of his house or going to Starbucks and not being able to drink a cup of coffee because people want his autograph. I mean, in my world, he would. <laughs> sure, but thank thank God for him. You don't live in the same city as him, and you don't have you don't get to stalk him. But you get my point. I mean, Ramita yeah. is a god in our little crazed world. But yeah. I mean, he's just an average dude that makes you know makes a wage doing what he does for a living. And uh, I don't know, just he's not. I don't think he lives the life of a celebrity. No, I so mean, I guess we, I just don't understand why you would be why you would be surprised that he's a down to earth dude. I, I'm more I'm more surprised when I either hear of or witness. A guy in the industry that's acting like a dickhead or entitled because that that baffles me because even the biggest megastars in the comics industry really to my mind don't deserve to have any kind of put upon attitude like they're better than their fans so um that surprises me more than when a dude's normal because i think most of the creators i've gotten a chance to meet or talk to are pretty damn down to earth guys really i've had a couple bad experiences really yeah yeah, for the most part yeah you're right most of them are are uh, very uh magnanimous i guess you could say 90% 90% of the people, 90, probably 95% of the people that I've met have been awesome. But yeah, yeah there, you know, Wood, Wood is right. There's, there's a couple guys out there that are, have a very inflated sense of self. And Jeff Loeb. No, oh, no. Okay. Here we go. Sorry. Now see, now, now see, I've met, I've met Loeb really briefly a couple times and he was extremely pleasant to me. So. And and he was doing stuff. At, That's because uh, you're at, not enough creator. He, because, if, it's because what? It's because you're creator. If you were creator, he would have. <laughs> He's breaking up. He is breaking <laughs> up. So, yeah. That's good. Well, well thank well, you. Well, hey, there. <laughs> I was oh, breaking up again. Yeah. We're breaking up. Shit. <laughs> it, it's a, re- it's a, a running set up, dude. What do you mean a better setup? It's da- David and, and Chris sound perfect. It's coming out your end. It sucks. That, exactly. There you go. Get a mask. Bullshit. I'll buy you one for Christmas. Done. All right. 
address the package in care of Jason Wet Blanket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did I just call it like a seat? I, I know. Like I just, hear it. I'm just, I'm just judged. No. Well, yeah, like I hear it from his mouth. He does. Jason, he, do, he, do, he does come off as a little, as a little snarky sometimes. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean he's done a lot of good stuff. He's done a lot of stuff for Hero Initiative. So sure, I, don't, sure. I, don't th- I don't I don't think he's a bad guy. I maybe getting a little Hollywood. Yeah, maybe. But uh, hopefully he's and you he's, know he's got that 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 chip knocked off his shoulder now. I think. So. Yeah, but getting a little less Hollywood here lately, yeah. right? But yeah. see, a person like that that has had the absolute worst that I could ever conceive sure. happen to them. I give them a little bit of leeway when they want to act like a dick because mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying he's earned it, but yeah, I was going to say I don't think that's yeah, fair at all. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I think it's no. No one, certainly myself, would ever suggest that the tragedy he dealt with is not horrendous, or does he have the right to be perpetually saddened by that? And and my heart goes out for him, but right. I, I don't think that's. I don't think any personal tragedy gives you an excuse to act or portray yourself in a certain way outside of that particular instance. So. No, it's not a license to be a jerk, but it I would think that it would imp- it would put a big honking black mark on his psyche that he's either, okay. you know, well, has to process or you, you know, you know uh, I mean? a lot of the stuff and what is talking I I think you're referring to some of the the word balloon um interviews that he's done the the Yeah, news- and the latest yeah. one the the comic book club that is going around now on YouTube. I think that's just the, another, just the latest in, in evidence of, of it being yeah, a pretty consistent. Uh, you know, the, 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 the newsarama and fanboy community is, and I'm talking fanboys in general is, and, and using the word fanboy as to, to kind of describe the worst of us. Um, the, I think the newsarama crowd really gave him a hard time for, for, quite a long time and and i think it's kind of gotten him a little bitter towards mm-hmm. comic book fans and it, man that's that's hard whenever i think one of your passions one of your loves is to write comic books and you don't like the people that you write comic books for so yeah i'd be a little bitter too and that's you know tough. hey man I, he's written he, he's written he's <laughs> written some he's written some he's written some shit in the last few years, I mean, there's been some good stuff out there, but yeah, he's he's you know mailed in some some real turds. But that's, I mean, he's still he's still a professional. He's still a man. Has he handled it the best way? No, but you know, sometimes fans can get a little out of hand, and yeah. and I think that he's the type of person that has taken that personally, and that may have come out mm-hmm. as being bitter. So I think that's right. He he comes across again to me as as a bitter guy, and I think I, I don't know how you could, in particular, listen to that word balloon interview that he did and not interpret that. I mean, it wasn't there wasn't any room for interpretation. At every chance he got, he was belittling other creators or throwing it in everybody's face. Well, I don't care what anybody thinks. My book sells more than yours, and yeah. he came out and said that. So again, that's just kind of an attitude. Like if I were another creator, which again I'm not a creator, um, but if I were another creator, I'd state in a fact. Yeah, sure, but I'd be like, well, fuck you then. I mean, I, okay, so that's fine. So you're judging yourself on the number of t- you books you saw. I would imagine most creators, for their own sanity, don't judge their capabilities on how many books they sell exclusively because they whenever you know, they, whenever they cash the check, they do. Well, we talk about you know, that all the time. I, don't, 
Yeah, I mean, we the best books about are not the, the best-selling books, so. No, ab- absolutely not. But you know, whenever he has whenever he has some asshole on Newsarama going, this guy gets a free pass because his kid died. You know, then he's sure. I, I would I would say something pretty shitty back to him. Well, that's a horrible so, thing to say. So I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's oh, horrible. they're not a, they're not above that over there. No. Believe me. No. Okay. No, but again, not. I'm not. I don't go to Newsarama forums. I'm talking You're about a better man because of it. Suntress, and he agrees to do the Suntress interviews, right? I mean, he he knows the format is. Suntress asks guys on that forum to ask questions, and then Suntress goes down the line, regardless of what the question is or how imbecilic it is. He doesn't screen them, and Loeb agrees to that. So, I mean, Jeff, I presume, is capable enough to say, if that's offensive to him or he doesn't want to deal with it, hey, John, how about we and I just chat for an hour about stuff instead of having to answer these questions, right? I mean, it's just, I, I wouldn't agree to that if it was that bothersome to me. You yeah. could say no. I, I, think he's, I think he's a perfect a perfect example of um, how there are a lot of creators out there that can't escape searching out feedback on the internet, but sure. are are ill-equipped to handle it. And you know what? I'm you know as doing a podcast, doing a couple podcasts. Man, when I see criticism about you know either one of the shows, this one or AC, man, I take Wait. it really personally. Yeah, there's there's been criticism about this show. There's criticism yeah, about every show, and you know it's like, can you imagine if that you know if it's your livelihood, you know that you basically you throw out what you do for a living out there for public consumption, and you know if you're ego driven and to to go to the internet and see people be pretty freaking merciless towards you, yeah, I can. Yeah, that's. I was going to compare him to the way Bendis handles himself on the Bendis tapes, but I guess that's probably not a fair comparison because Bendis is getting questions from people that effectively worship him on the Bendis he's getting, board. He's getting questions from the Bendis board. Yeah, right. So I guess it's not a fair comparison. But um, again, we, you know, we can get off this topic. I don't want to be on a soapbox about it, but I just think again, you know, n- not at the top of my list of guys. I think that handle himself well because he is in a position of prominence. I'm sure a lot of guys would love to be in his position, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just I'd like to think if I were in his shoes in that field, I would handle myself differently. It's just yeah. Well, you know, I like to think that I separate the the artist from the work. Oh, me too. I'm not. I'm not I try to work. I've enjoyed some of his stuff recently, and I've like Chris said, I've not liked some of his stuff. I, I make no judgment on his his writing. I'm, I'm speaking specifically on the way I've felt he's presented himself as a person, not as a creator. And that doesn't. That doesn't impact on the work at all with you? No. I mean, I'm still reading the Hulk. That's that's good that you can do that. Frank Show and Art Adams Art, I can't pass that up, so. Right, right. Uh, Yeah, it's it's difficult to do that. That's why if I was a prominent creator like uh, Jeff Loeb, I don't think I would uh, present myself a quarter as much as he does. uh, Look at John's. John's shut. Yeah, John's is, he's smart. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, John's, right. does, John's does a few interviews here and there, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah, he just kind of just kind of puts his nose down and does his job. Yeah, yeah, and you know, say what you will about Loeb, it doesn't seem to be affecting the sales of the Hulk, That's or whatever for sure. whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, sure. That thing is selling a lot of copies. Is it is 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 Hulk doing well? Yeah. Very yeah, really. Yep, mm-hmm. Top five every time it comes out. I read about five. Ten pages of the It's like book. the top selling book nobody can tell you what's going on in. <laughs> I'll be buying the hardcover. Uh, oh, for mostly, that art, yeah. Mostly because of Ed McGinnis, yeah. 
But uh, uh, I'm, I'm interested. The, whole, the the Red Hulk thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. All and right. This week a uh, a Salbashima variant cover for that, and and All Captain right. America forty four. Yeah, he did two covers this week. Really? Nice. Yep. Go Sal. Yeah. Sweet. Show him how to do it. That's Let's right. talk about some positive things. Yes. So, w- what are we reading that we've enjoyed? Uh, <laughs> I'm out. Someone else go. I'm out. It, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> how about the boys? How about the boys? I love that's, the boys. See, that's what I'm behind on. That's and talking about okay. things that you read to catch up on. That's, that's one of those. Okay, so I won't spoil then, but I, uh, as I said in my intro, calling myself Mother's Milk was a little bit of an homage to the fact that I finally got caught up on the boys. At least up, in, I think, through issue 24. So I don't know if there's a 25th out that I just haven't gotten in my, my box yet. But uh, The Boys is, is interesting. I, I, I thought that the latest, this is the start of a new arc. 22 starts a new arc where the boys are investigating uh, the G-Men who are the X-Men, effectively. It's, it's, right. the, it's this world's version of the X-Men. It's, uh, it's a, a parody of them. There's six or seven offshoot groups that there's 80 members and even though none of them are particularly uh, <laughs> noteworthy unto themselves collectively they make the vault american corporation a billion dollars a year in, in merchandising alone and they're the most popular characters and they all have these convoluted back histories where they're all supposedly orphans yet they're all actually millionaires and so forth so on um, and there's different strata of yeah of exactly there's, there's the g-men who are the x-men then there's the what is it? The G Wiz, who are the the young the young X Men or the New Mutants? There's the, the G Force. The, there's the right the G G Force, right? Which is X Force. There's another group. It's not G Factor. It's something like G G West or something. But they're warring factions that hate each other. Um, and I, I think it's it's funny that all of the G members are all assholes right across the board. Absolutely. The, the, yeah. There's there's not a likable guy in the bunch. Oh damn. The, the boys is interesting though because I think that it it can go certain issues by themselves can be clunkers I think in that they're just too wordy too much discussion but then they they redeem themselves you know if you read a few issues in a row there's enough moments that are just off the charts or very uh, very witty again as, in terms of self parody of the superhero books we all know and love that it more than makes up for it. So I do think I, that that is one book that I do read in chunks because I think if you read any particular issue, you can think to yourself, oh, I don't know, it's kind of losing me. But if you read three or four in a, in a sitting, it, it, I think the the experience is much much the richer. So, um, and I thought that of this arc too. I thought the 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 middle of the three that I just read that start this arc was, was pretty much filler. I mean, they really just sat around talked and a lot of back history that didn't go anywhere. But but the other two issues I thought were. Had some some pretty downright funny, funny and clever moments that made up for it, you know. So wow, see, I yeah. find gems in every issue. Yeah, no, there are, but but I, there are pages. But I'm just saying, don't you think sometimes there's just they get into a little bit of the the talking head syndrome a little bit? I mean, considering I, it's supposed to be these guys that are they, they they police the the superheroes. There there haven't hasn't been too much policing since they wrapped up that last big arc arc with the Russians. That's just because they're effective. No, I. Uh, I think that Ennis writes dialogue so well that mm-hmm. these characters have become incredibly believable to me, especially Wee Hughie and and Butcher. They're Hughie. No, it's Huey. It's Huey. H U G H is Hugh, and then yeah. add the I E at the end of it. 
The interaction, even the slightest bit of dialogue or an offhand comment, just it, it's like magic on the page. Like, like, like Huey's reaction when he saw the porn chair. Definitely. You know, there, was, there wasn't even any dialogue. It's just that the way he was looking at it, like a porn chair. That, to me, is like a Christmas gift. But he was looking at it like it was an, uh, yeah. uh, an electric chair, just like it was this <laughs> horrific thing. You know, it, was, it was just brilliant. But I, I love the character. So he can write as many rambling passages of dialogue as he wants to. And oh, I'll definitely. That's what I said. The story unto itself, the whole thing, I've enjoyed a ton. I, I, I've really, it's, it's, it's definitely one of the books I look forward to reading. Um, and I think Derek Robertson deserves a ton of credit for putting That's in. That's what keeps those, me coming back. Absolutely. Those visual cues, like that scene you're talking about, Vince, the chair, to me, what made that scene, though, was that built into the chair, drawn in, was on the left hand side a dispenser for lotion. Yeah. And on the right hand side, yeah, yeah, tissues. The tissues. That was you know, awesome. That you know, that it made it so much funnier than just a chair with some tissues sitting next to it on an end table. Oh yeah. And this and, is the porn room. Yeah, Derek Robertson, room. I think, is really the guy. He, he's he doesn't get enough credit for that book. I because people just no. always talk about it being an Ennis book, and it really is an Ennis Robertson book. I it think. is, and yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm I'm glad it's you know been going strong for over two years now because they had to hiccup leaving Wildstorm getting signed with Dynamite and I think some might have thought because it is Enos and, and you know oh out preacher preacher Enos. and yeah him too <laughs> Robertson and uh, and I think it, it could have it could have become a one note book it just could have been about you know parodies of other I think even if they continued what they did with the the Justice League analog early on. If they continued stories similar to that, then it, then the joke would have gotten real old real quick. But they've he's just he and Robertson have just done something that makes me and I even though I am behind in reading it, it's still you know it's still something I want to read. I, I, there's a void because I haven't been reading it, and and it's not like oh I'll get to it when I get to it. I want to read the boys, but I just I haven't, and it's something that I am missing. Well, you know, it's almost Python esque in a way, mm-hmm. because when when you when you survey all the issues to date, there's been pretty much every kind of grotesque thing that you could possibly think of appeared in the pages so far, whether it be uh, human remains or fecal matter or uh, other things, other bodily fluids. Every, it's just there at time. It's there are times when that book is the most disgusting book, but he does in a Python esque way where yes, it's disgusting, but you also have to laugh at it. Because it's inherently funny the way he manipulates these these events and makes you laugh and you're disgusted at the same time. That 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 takes a special kind of dude to pull something like that. Yeah, agreed. The the other uh, panel that stands out in my mind was the Russian chick. I forget her name. The the short little short Russian chick. When when the two guys were were listening in on the on the on the on the conversation with the in the video and they said, "Good lord, that thing's bigger than she is," you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's gold. It's just go, and it, and it's written for the common man. There's no elitism involved in in Ennis's writing at all. It's just well, I was going to say that flat out ba- base nature. I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
He doesn't, he's not talking down to the reader or trying to raise them up. He's merely telling a story. It has a lot of base elements, but it works. Mm-hmm. It works really well. And you're right. Robin, uh, Derek Robinson kicks ass on that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I love his work when he inks it himself. Cause, cause there have been a couple examples over the years where I don't think the inker got what he was trying to do and, and the work suffered for it. But when he, when he embellishes his own pencils, oh, it's like gravy. It's yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he you transmit. Good. Yeah. Never read it. Oh, well, they're, they're redoing, uh, they're reprinting the mm-hmm. first trade for, um, I think for February. Yes. Yeah, they're combining some stuff. And yeah, I, I, I think you would like it, Wood. I, th- I think I'm looking forward to it. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think it would be right up your alley. It's. Uh, were you a Hunter Thompson fan? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, you you'll know. yeah you'll love it then. It's You're halfway it, there. It, it's it's Hunter S. Thompson in comic book form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's 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 who Ellis based that character on. So. Nice. I think it's a it's a landmark piece of work. Yeah, I think it's also. Yes. There are a lot of people that uh, claim that it petered out towards the end. I don't think so. I think it, he stayed yeah, strong. Yeah, I think it's one of the books that that you can look back in the '90s that kind of redeems that that decade. Oh yeah, started out as a Helix title. Yes, it did. I oh. love that imprint. I was probably one of the only dudes buying it across the board. <laughs> Have you read Gemini Blood? No. No. Oh, fantastic title. Fantastic book. Do a do a little search and see who did the art for that. Oh, just tell okay. us. No, I want David to do search because I want to hear him go, don't, you know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, Brain Banks and and uh, the uh, Cyberella, that was great stuff. And I, I guess I was the only one buying them because uh, I've never seen any on the racks at the local comic shop. He would always sold one. Oh. Yeah, he, would, he would always get them for me. Oh, David, who did the art on, on uh, Gemini Blood? You the bitch. Yeah. <sighs> Tommy Lee Edwards. There you go. Uh, really? <laughs> I guess what I got to look for now. With, with covers by Walt Simonson, yes? Yeah, so at least on the first issue. Yeah, but yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Damn. Oh, that's, like that, that's his boy. You know, Gem- Gemini Blood is sweet. And who wrote it? Christopher uh, they Hines. Were, they were taken from the Paratwa novels by uh, Christopher Hine. Okay. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. I probably and, pronounced that wrong. And who, who did the letters? John Workman. Workman. There you go, baby. It was Tommy Lee Edwards. It was John Workman doing letters. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Doesn't he have a thing where he won't do a book unless Workman and, had a letters? And, work, and, right. and Workman yeah, is know. one of the old. Uh, he's he's from old school. He I don't believe he uses a computer. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and Edwards. Um, well, hell, I think I I think I heard this on an old episode of <laughs> Old Pimp Bulletins, where um, which was great. Was a fantastic interview, by the way. Um, Our but first, Edward, yeah, yeah they grow up so it was, quick. It was really an awesome <laughs> interview, and he he, he talked about how he actually drew the word balloons into his page layouts. And so, I mean, whenever he's doing layouts, he's he's like, no, this is this is where the this is where the balloons are going to be. This is where the stuff is, and so you don't like you know have the opportunity to move the balloons around for the page so he definitely draws those and designs those in mind which was awesome and, hey, and um, the, oh go ahead no no, go ahead. <laughs> no 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 go go i was just I, whether whether it's workman lettering a book that edwards drew or workman lettering old issues of thor workman's letters just look like they belong 
in the book, like like you were just saying, Chris, like you know, you don't want you don't want to if 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 an artist is drawing a panel and he figures the word balloon's going to be up here in the corner because that's where there's sky, so there's no art to cover. But another letterer goes, well, no, I really I want to make this word bold, so I need to move things. Mm-hmm. Workman's letters just fit the panel, fit the book, and it it just it's great the way everything fits together. Work Workman's lettering has an identity to it yes you, you not only do you know that it's john workman but there's a vitality and and they 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 almost breathe it's there's 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 a humanness about them that you uh, that you don't get when somebody's using comic craft fonts right well i have a question maybe you guys have looked into this more but in today's day and age fair to say that one of the, if not the most well-known or busiest letters would be Chris Eliopoulos, right? I mean, it seems like he's on every sure. other book I, I look at, at least for Marvel. It seems like he gets all of Marvel's. So my question is, I, I can't say that I have, I don't, I think he's a very good letterer, but I, I have to say, I don't know that I often pay attention to the lettering in an average book in that obviously sometimes a letterer will use a different font or some kind of styling that it's impossible not to notice it. In Fables, they do that quite a bit. I don't know who letters Fables, but um, offhand. But but I guess my question is, how does someone become, how does Chris Eliopoulos become Chris Eliopoulos in the day of, of computer-based fonts? Is it just that he's got a great reputation for delivering on time and and, and quality work, so he just keeps getting more and it just becomes, well, let's keep using them? Or is it that, do you guys... From your reading perspective, see something in him or another actively working letterer that is, say, using more modern methods. Do you think they differentiate? Do you, are you noticing a differentiation that maybe I'm just not? Is my question. Huh. That's a good question. Well, it, from my perspective, mm-hmm. getting comfortable with a letterer is almost like being comfortable with a with a person, right? So you you have a friend, and maybe he'll tug on his ear when he gets nervous or he scratches his head when he's telling you something you don't want to hear or you know what i mean there's a certain way that he leans in a chair and shuffles a letterer has the same type of earmarks to their text only like john workman's o's are a little bit wider than another another letterer's o's or he'll stretch an e out a little farther than another like they have these personality traits that you can tell in their lettering just by looking at it. You don't even have to read it. Just boom, there's an E. I know that's a John Workman E. And and, and when you're working with text, that's incredibly difficult to pull off because there's not a whole hell of a lot to work with. You know what I mean? It's just letters. But but uh, maybe his italics has a, a, a different slant to it or a, a, a thickness that you don't see in other letterers. So it's it, when you get comfortable with a letterer, you, you, you're actually getting comfortable with the artist. You, you're picking up on their graphic personality. And I think that's what differentiates uh, a guy who does it by hand from a guy that does it on the computer because there's no room for expression on the computer other than what's in that font. Like the O's are the same O every single time. And granted, you can do a Workman O on the computer the same way Workman drew it, but it's going to be that same O every single time. There'll be a John Workman font at some point. Yeah, but the variations and the, and the imperfections, there you go, the imperfections in the text, because we are, by nature, imperfect. 
Not, not, so, the, not the imperfections, the uniqueness mm-hmm. right, right. of it. And, you know, I, I, I think that we are coming to the end of, of the age of uh, where letterers and colorists are credited. Um, it's, you know, there'll still be a few people, but I think you're going to, I think you're going to see more and more of the, you know, uh, letters done by, you know, XYZ, you know, design and, you know, colors done by, you know, hi-fi design, that kind of stuff. It, it just seems like, like those two jobs are going to be kind of by committee almost in, in a yeah. lot, of, in a lot of, the, not all the books, but in some of the books, it's like, you know, I can't imagine a Hellboy book being colored by anyone besides Dave Stewart right now, you know, right. but I don't, I don't think so much coloring, but you, yeah, I guess you're, you're right with the lettering because it's effortless. You, you type the text in, it comes out on the screen, you, you move it over into, into Illustrator, boom, your lettering's done. Where, you know, the, the, uh, the traditional letter has to draw the lines and ink it out, and it's, it takes a long time. Right. Well, rel- relatively long time, and it's a craft, and, and shit on the people who would, who would rely only on the computer font, because it's a, it's a dying art form, and I, I think it makes the book look a hell of a lot better. Don't you guys? Like, what would Thor be? Mm. If if there was like just definitely, computer definitely. type in it, well, that's why I think again one of my favorite books, month in month out, as I've talked about, is Fables, and I think one of the great things about Fables is the way that it's presented visually, in that the panel layouts are not conventional. No, uh, Buckingham puts he uses the borders of the pages all the time. Um, in very different ways, and in the lettering, I, you can't help but notice the lettering is all, all different fonts. Now, I don't know; it may be computer generated. I'm, I can't say that it's not, but but if it is, it's much more creative use of of of, of fonts. Um, they use different fonts, different color schemes inside the boxes. Um, you know, a lot of it is is handwritten to convey, I think, the times or that it's fairy tale. It's just it's beautiful. It's part of the story. It, it it's part of the artwork rather than yeah. just overlaying something that's already been drawn because you have to have words. Yeah. So I oh, wish we had some uh, of that. That's, well, that's, that's Todd Klein. Okay, there on, you go. Right. On Fables. Yep. Yeah. There you go. You know what thrills me about what Buckingham does? And it's a really small addition to the book, but it means the world to me when I'm reading it because when I look at it, 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 it gives me a feeling that the story I'm reading is bigger than what the pages can contain. Is the way he wraps those panels on the right and left hand side. Absolutely, of the pages. yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right? Is he has these embedded graphics that yeah. make it feel like you're looking at pages from a much bigger tome, or mm-hmm. it's 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 gorgeous. It's it's just a it's a wonderful book, yeah. every- and it's something so subtle and so you know. I, I don't want to say effortless, but I, I'm sure he's he's putting a certain amount of work into the panels, but not as much as the interiors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where where he'll he'll design the whole page, and it's just a, a, a little touch that means it speaks volumes. It's a great little thing. I, I would like to see that on every book. That'd be awesome, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't work for you know certain things. But yeah, Buckingham's the the chisel. <laughs> we we were talking about underrated. Artists. If oh, karma to ever David one. for that, by the way. Um, <laughs> the uh, the the threadsy. The, I, I especially like the the who's your favorite, you know, artist thread. That that's been pretty cool oh, to see. That is that is enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> karma to you for that. Thank yeah. you. Karma to David. Give him karma. Yeah. The DAP. <laughs> <laughs> Dap the price for, is Dap, right. Dap. 
So, Chris, what did you read this week that you just love to death? Um, I bet you it has three letters in the title. What? JSA? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, it's getting late. Is it? Oh, oh, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Hey, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, the um, the One World Under Gog. Um, good. Uh, I'm ready for, I think it's got two issues left. I'm actually, uh, it's been a good, been a, a good storyline. I'm kind of ready to, to see it wrap up, but the, the specials have been good. I think we talked about the, uh, the Superman special a couple weeks ago. Um, I like the, the Magog special, but this, uh, this last, I mean, this last special was basically an issue of JSA. That's, that's what it was. The, what is it? JSA, the kingdom came out today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, have you guys read it yet? Negative. No, no, no. Um, well, I won't spoil anything, but, um, yeah, it's, it is getting close to the end of the story and there's actually a a time limit that that kind of gets uh put on things as you as you find out and all of the um kind of the focus of the story was um these gifts that gog has been giving out and you know how they you know your your heart's desire may not be necessarily the 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 best thing and uh yeah it's been it's been good and uh, I'm looking forward to to wrapping it up. Right, is is everybody reading JSA? Absolutely. No. In trades, yes. I've read JSA since the uh, Lightning Saga. The center. Wow. Wow. It, you know, I, on your recommendation, I checked out the Superman special from last week, was it? Mm-hmm. The Alex Ross drawn, and I got to agree with you. I, I would love to see Alex work in that, in that uh, style yep. all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's pencil and ink, man. Don't worry about painting. You can do some yeah. crazy shit on the computer these days. He did do a little bit of of uh, pencil tones, gray tones, and then colored mm-hmm. over it, whoever it was. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a lighter, more uh, more airy style. There's I think there's more breathing room in it than than when he when he paints. I liked it a lot. I really did. Have you? Seen- you would, yeah. Have you ever seen Alex Ross's sequentials have that much energy in them? No. 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 Not in a long time. Uh, I don't know ever. I mean, his stuff usually, you know, that was kind of the thing we talked about a while ago is that it it has a tendency of looking iconic or i.e. stiff. And uh, and that's special. I mean, there was a lot of energy in in those panels and pages. So, yeah. 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 I love the pa- the page with Lois, with the head wound, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, "I really can't move you right now." And she's just looking up at him, and it was that. That's a an awesome page. Oh, it's heart wrenching. Yeah, and there was there was zero action, but that that was the standout page for me in the whole book. And this is a lot because when it's surrounded by all that that knockdown drag out action, really well done. That the the quiet moment was was what got me on that book. Oh, absolutely. Really, well, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Thumb, so, thumbs way up. Yeah, JSA. I'm I'm never read JSA before the the relaunch and uh yeah, I love it. It's it's a fun it's a fun book. I really, you know, the the last year and a half or so, I've kind of jumped into DC and it's exciting for me and I've learned so much about these characters and yeah it's uh it's kind of like the the first time i started reading comic books 
that uh, you know all the characters are new and you know, you're trying to find out about them and they're exciting and 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 all this stuff. So yeah, I'm very much like a little kid again right now with uh, with finding out about you know JSA and you know Green Lantern and and all the stuff that's going on at DC right now. So yeah, and another one of DC's secret weapons is Dale Eaglesham. He's good. Yeah. Ooh, yikes. He, he is. He's 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 a a, a pretty talented mofo. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I had something I read this week, and I put it off for a while because I knew it was going to affect me. And no, really, it's. Uh, I I almost dreaded it, but I I, <laughs> I wanted to get a little bit away from the the capes and the cowls and the transforming robots and the funny animals and just jump into the real world. And uh, this this collection is not an easy read, and it's not a comfortable read at all. But I think it's an essential read, especially this week when we're supposed to be given thanks. It's um, "I Live Here" by Mia Kirshner. Who, uh, uh, yes. Oh, the act, Fun. the actress. Oh, Mia Black? Kirshner, right, right from L Word. Right. Yes, and the Black Dahlia, and she was on Twenty Four, and uh, but she spearheaded this collection uh it was written along with uh jb mckinnon who is the author of dead man in paradise i don't know if you know him and two guys who are familiar to me paul shoebridge and michael simons from adbusters magazine i love adbusters magazine they are the creative directors what it is is uh now in and the reason why this book came to my attention was not because I read about it somewhere or uh, that I was overly familiar with Mia Kirshner, but the the presentation. I saw it in Borders and I said, what is this? It's, it's a hardcover quad fold-out housing for what we would call prestige format graphic novels in pockets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, each book focuses on a different geographical area and the plight of the people that live therein. Like the first book is uh, about the Russian Republic of Ing- Ingushita, if I'm pronouncing that right. It's the plight of the Chechen people. The, the second book is Burma, um, Thailand. Third book focuses on Ciudad Juarez in Mexico. And the fourth book highlights malawi africa and what these are uh a lot of different elements that go up to make this collection there are journals written by the people who live in these areas um is it more like fumetti then or no 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 no. yes and no there is some fumetti but uh in the first book well let me let me let me finish where i was going There, there there are journals there are polaroids there are uh scribbles on on hotel Notepaper, uh, it 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 very much has a, a do-it-yourself zine aesthetic to it. All like almost all of the text is handwritten, which is really cool. Uh, each one of the books is designed to look like the first book is uh, the cover of a, a standard marbled composition book that you would get in 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 say in school, you know, and it, it's it's designed to look like that. The 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 second book is a uh a photo album but the uh burma is written over the part of the bum in album where it's it says alberma 
Thailand. You know, it's so it's like making do with whatever they had on hand. So it has a, a very there's an immediacy and a and a uh, a desperation to the graphics, like as if say the art director came into the the artist box with a uh, artist uh, room with a box of just these disparate elements of just just crap thrown in the box and said here make a book out of this it's it's like there are pages where you can see scotch tape holding <laughs> the images in place it's it's very rough but it, it it works in light of the subject matter because in painting the picture of these people the the she gets into the likes and the dislikes and the the experiences that these people had and it's all these random scattered elements that make the 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 makeup of the people so it works you know you have all these things coming from different angles and and you get a complete idea of who these people were and i'll tell you it's it's heartbreaking uh, in the first book there's a 41 page comic by joe sacco i know you've heard that name before wow. he, he he's the author of palestine and uh safe area gorazda i think that's how it's pronounced but just about the the uh displaced people of of the 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 Chechens and and what they're going through like almost genocide by the Russians, uh, you you get the the entire history of what happened to them, why they were treated so bad, how the Russians uh, look upon them, and uh, there's just it, it's it's heartbreaking. These people were pushed out of their land and they're forced to 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 live in tents basically. And if you know anything about Russia. It's not like Florida. It gets pretty freaking cold in Russia. And and they're living in tents with basically the clothes on their back. And and that's it. And they take these menial jobs just to make make do to get food to feed their children and and uh it, it, there's there's a bunch of 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 uh pages you'll get uh comments by a young boy separated from his mother and father. His father was killed by a missile. His mother was hit and killed by a car. So this child is on his own mm -hmm. in this un unforgiving land trying to just to stay alive. A woman who left her husband because he sexually abused the children and uh, he beat her. And now she has all these children and she's trying just to eke out a living to feed them. And, and the the government of the land in which she lives wants nothing to do with her or her children. They don't get any any um, food or compensation from the government. It's all due to uh, non-governmental organizations that that provide food and 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 the the necessities to these people. So they have no one to turn to, and th that's what this book is. It's a chronicle of of these people that no one wants to admit exist. Mm -hmm. And and I'll tell you, it's it's heartbreaking. It, it's there are some photos in here that are so graphic you just you have to cry when you see them that that treatment of people in this day and age exists like this you would think that uh, with, with our technological advancement supposedly that that we would realize that we're all connected and 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 you know that a human life is worth more than this there, there's in in the the ciudad juarez book it, it tells of these girls that are abducted and no one knows by whom raped, murdered, and discarded in this field that they call the cotton field, just cast off like like a condom you know that the the person that's doing this had had their way with these these girls and just murdered them and and discarded them mm -hmm. 
and, and, and nobody knows why it happened. And then it, it makes it even more poignant when you get, when, when you see Polaroids by the, the mother of one of these girls saying, this is the, the spot where she said she was going to work. This is the last time I talked to her. Here's a Polaroid of that. This is her bedroom. And the mother will, will, will keep everything in the bedroom exactly the way it was when the child was alive and wash the sheets every week, knowing full well that her child is dead. You know, it's heartbreaking. And, and, and that's what this book is about. And I think it should be read just, just to see, like, you know, we claim we had a hell of a week or, geez, this month is kicking me in the ass. But when you read these things, it ain't nothing compared to what some of these people are going through. Well, certainly so on Thanksgiving, it's fitting, a fitting thing to bring. Yeah, it is. Uh, and and the, you, the cover is very symbolic. If, when you see it, the, the words, I live here, are, are, are scrawled on a, on a stark white background. But mm-hmm. the here part is, is scratched out, so it's really I live. And, and that's what this, this book is trying to do by chronicling these stories. Mia Kirshner and company are keeping these people alive because that's all we are. We're stories. When we're gone, the only thing that people have to remember us by are the tales that our descendants tell or the, the uh, impact we've had on those around us carrying on our stories. And that's what, that's what this, in, in a nutshell, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. It's keeping these people alive. So read it. it it's, it's an awesome book. But I'll tell you, there's, a, there's a, a price to pay when you read it because uh, a lot of these pages will shatter your soul. It, it's, it's devastating. Yep. Amazon has it for nineteen dollars and seventy-seven cents, thirty-four percent off the twenty-nine ninety-five list price. Even at fifty bucks, it's worth buying. I'm sorry for bringing you down, but I think this is a very important collection, and uh, it should be read. There you go. Added to the list. Yep, you'd love it. Well, you wouldn't love it. You would appreciate it. How about that? Appreciate I don't think it. there's any. Yeah. There's any, There's no loving this collection. You well, appreciate it for what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's. Uh... You know, important works. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to talk about some comics now. <laughs> you know, I, I got to follow that up now with any talk of the ble- of Green Arrow, Black Canary, or something. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I do. Ha- I do have a three ninety. Oh wait, 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 wait! I forgot something. Let me just go back one second. There's a really, really, really cool uh, story in the fourth book by Phoebe Glockner. You've heard of her too, right? But instead of traditional line art, what she did was she made these dolls out of canvas, sand, and glue. And she does this process in Photoshop where she will photograph the dolls in the position she wants them in, but she will take photographs of people and superimpose them over the faces. It's incredibly creepy. you got to see it. Yes. Uh, uh, So you, you get these dolls, which are normally associated with innocence and childhood, and they're in situations that will churn your stomach. So, if nothing else, pick up this book and look look at Phoebe Glockner's contribution. And and when you see it, you'll realize how special this collection is, and you got to have it. All right, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but that was the main thing I wanted to say, and I didn't say it. I'm stupid. I'm sorry. Well, now you, now you've brought me down again. I'm sorry. <laughs> there, there's one image. It's it's it's, so it's what pitiful. Does he do? No, he I have back. to. He goes. Back. It's it's pitiful. There's a there's a, a Mexican guy whose wife is working and she's out of the house most of the time and he's sexually abusing the child but it's a baby doll it's it's a it's a it's a doll about a foot and a half long i would assume and he's smoking a cigarette as she's doing something just 
oblivious to the fact that he's destroying this child's life, and it's very powerful. So and, how about yeah. that best right. of Garfield? No more. Huh? No more. I won't say any more. you got to see it. Garfield's the hotness. Movie yes. Daryl calls the, the brightness I'm of the moon, s- I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Jesus sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. I, I'll read Plop next week, okay? <laughs> this is the UNICEF edition of, of <laughs> comics. It's published by Pantheon Books, so you know it's good. Uh, That's who did uh, Black Hole. Yep. Now we should. Right. Now we could be talking about the boys. Yeah. No. No. That's yeah. You know what I read? I read the first four issues of the Impact Fly series. I pulled them out of that the quarter bin a while back. Mike Parabek. Damn, Skippy, the God, late great God, Mike Parabek. Yes, God rest his soul. It's it's light, it's fluffy, but damn, it was a lot of fun. But, Anybody but, read the Impact books? You, David, you did years ago. Not uh, not that I'd remember anything. I remember Jaguar. Oh yeah, because it's a chick. Well, I'm surprised you didn't say that. Uh, that was the one I didn't get. I, I, it must be it must be desirable because I got all of the Impact books except Jaguar from the, from the quarter bin. Oh, okay. And full full runs of all these books too. But the Jaguar book was nowhere to be found. The so the only the the Mike Perobic series that I remember and miss the most is El Diablo. Yeah. Yep. How long did that last? Uh, just over a year probably. Maybe 18 issues. Yeah. That's, yeah, that seems right. Yeah. And he did a lot of work for the uh, Batman animated books, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. I love his style. Very clean. Yeah. Yeah, him, Ty Templeton, Rick Burchett. Yeah, they, they all have that similar kind of cartoony, but some weight to it type style. Well, I'm interested to see with what they do with these impact characters. Straczynski will, will probably use the fly. I'm, uh, I think we're almost assured of it. Do you think? Okay. Yes. I would oh, think yeah. he's the fly. Yeah. He's so El he's, Diablo's back. I mean, well, different, different El Diablo. Oh, okay. It's a different El Diablo. It is. This is, <laughs> how dare you be fucking confused. <laughs> Thanks, DC. Um, the uh, yeah, I can I can see him using the fly. I can see him using the shield. Um, oh, see, I think the shield would be a hard sell these days, especially with Captain America. Yes, I know, which is I, probably but since he can't rank Captain America, maybe he can do something. Uh, what about the the comet? Yeah, the comet. Comet's cool. Yeah, there was. Uh, while we're at it, let's just list all the books and see who who we think will come back. You had the shield, the comet, the jaguar, the fly. Oh, the web was I. That's the one I was forgetting. Oh, okay. The web, yeah. And they didn't last too long. What about fourteen, fifteen issues apiece? And then they just went away. Yeah, kind of like the Charlton characters. Yeah. Kind of like the Shazam family characters back in the day. Charlton was around for a while. He means at DC. Oh, at once once DC. Yeah, once DC purchased the characters, it's like okay, we got them, and we really. Don't know what to do. Hey, here's an empty earth. (laughs) But I'll tell you, the the impact the Charlton characters... Well, what Charlton characters were were brought in? Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle, the question, Peacemaker, or Peacekeeper. uh, Peacemaker. uh, Thank you. Captain Adam. Uh, Captain Adam. 
they did something with Captain Ed. I mean, yeah, they eventually did. You know, I mean, Denny O'Neill had a question. You had uh, Pat Broderick do the art on on Captain Adam, and then he was a member of Justice League. You, they they finally. It's like it took Crisis for them to finally do something with these characters. Before Crisis, yeah. they just they they had all these characters: the Fawcett City characters, the Charlton or the Fawcett characters, the Charlton characters, the uh, the Archie Redline characters. Right. Um, Circle. Right. Thank you. Um, Although did they did they have did they actually have the Archie characters before Crisis or was Archie still publishing those books? You know, I think it was around the same time that we saw the the ads for Crisis and really, the, I thought it was later than it. I thought they might have been like are they like seventy five cents? They're a, I think they're a buck, but the 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 um, the question doesn't count because that was a, a Baxter book. Yes, it was a buck yeah. buck and a quarter or something. What a uh, what a great run Denny O'Neill had on that. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Poor Vic Sage. And Dennis uh, Cutwood, Bill Sienkiewicz. Those are all oh, yeah. recently released uh, in trade now. Yeah, they're, they up to yeah. what, the second or third volume? Yeah, I think they're third volume now. Cool. It's good stuff. Let's not forget Blue Beetle. I used to love the Paris Cullens oh, Blue Beetle series. Len Wayne no, and, and yeah. Let's say another artist that doesn't get his, his no, due, Paris Cullens. Yeah, that's right. And um, Blue Devil also, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, I used to you know, I, I Blue Devil was like my favorite book for for as long as it was published. Blue so Devil, so corny, so fun. But that's what the thing. It yeah. was fun. I, yeah, you know, one book I never read. Uh, you know, since we're continuing the DC cast, the uh, the <laughs> the one the one book I always wanted to read but never did. Uh, Amazing Man. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a few of those. Uh, I, I either read them under the wrong circumstances or haven't completed the series, but I, I haven't, I haven't, I don't have a grasp on why that series is so regarded, so well regarded. Cause it, it's like, it, it's like Hitman before Hitman. It's like, it, it, it was short lived, although Hitman wasn't, but people, you know, we haven't seen anything from like that artist since we haven't, you know, these characters, we never saw Amazing Man or his supporting cast, I don't think, ever again. So I think it's just the people maybe remember it being out, but I don't know if anybody could actually tell us what happened in the series, in the miniseries, the Maxi series. It is. Um, yeah. What about... Oh, I just had it. Uh, oh, no. I want, I want you <laughs> and Wood to talk about something you two briefly mentioned on the forum this week regarding Ambush Bug Year None. And how Wood is not a fan. And I believe one of Vince's comments back was that, yes, yeah, probably just because you don't get the jokes. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, he, he does get it. He was just being anti. No, I know. But it's, it, it's, I think some of it might be a couple of years too late. I mean, too even late. even back yeah. in the 80s when, when, when the miniseries and the specials were coming out, it's like he referenced the, he referenced characters and, and events and, you know the books DC put out in the '60s. So I mean, if 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 Lauren Fleming and, and Giffen want to reference that again, now we're just—I mean, some of us might have remembered some of these stories, or, or were old enough to remember these stories when they first came out. But now, if if he wants to talk about even older Legion stuff or other things from beyond 20 years ago, then yeah, there probably aren't going to be too many people that are going to get the joke. So I can. I can see why maybe Ambush Bug Year None might be falling flat with some people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was my point. I, I, 
I like Giffen. Uh, I've been complimentary of him. I, I think he's done a lot of cool stuff, both at DC and Marvel. Uh, I just thought Ambush Bug fell flat for me. But again, I'm, I make no bones of the fact that I'm not a, a long-time DC reader, so I don't right. have anywhere near the nostalgic... Um, uh, viewpoint of the DCU that I do the Marvel Universe. So while I certainly got a lot of the jokes in that, oh, okay, he's referencing this or that or the other thing, I I didn't. They fell flat for me, and I again, that's only from my lens. So I, if 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 you've been reading DC for twenty years, maybe it was a great a great satirical romp back through the ages. I and it sounds like for people like Vince, it was. But for me, wow. I read the first few issues and thought, eh. I could have done without reading this. I, 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 I got to be honest with you. A lot of it is going back home again for me. Yeah. You know, uh, the original yeah. miniseries was produced at a time when uh, I was eager to read things. And, and I didn't know anything about uh, eager to read DC things because I, like yourself, was a longtime Marvel fan. So when the first ambush bug came out, I actively researched as well as I could like what is he talking about here I don't get this mm-hmm. talking to people who were in the know a lot more than myself and read the original books from the things he was basing the jokes on and so it kind of like gave me a, a crash course in the DCU part of it anyway so and so that's maybe that's what I see in the new series was like the, the, the luster of that period has not worn off and I can go back and revisit that through this series I don't know I just think it's it's great and and Giffen's art oh man oh no qualms about the art at all uh, definitely not I don't didn't mean to imply that in the forum so I don't think I did but um, yeah I just thought it was just not my cuppa okay Lots of things aren't my cup of though. So, yeah, that's very true. But, but when 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 you reference the inferior five in your comic, yeah. man, you, know, you might as well be buying me chocolate. <laughs> you know, there you go. So yeah, but yeah, it, it, I love it. Giffen, uh, Giffen's art to me is more powerful than his writing, and I know that's gonna, uh, you know, especially with Matt Kramer, like the jaw's gonna hit the floor. But I love. Giffen's art, uh, maybe not Trencher, yeah. appreciate, but not love, but his work on the Doctor Fate. Miniseries. See, that's oh. that's where he started. To, I loved his Omega Men run, and and even even on before that with Legion with Larry Malstead on inking. It it was when, once we got to Doctor Fate, and it's like people, everybody was made out of wax, and faces were oh, melting. See, I love and that. It's just, I, and I love how he does the. The blank stare where you see the the from the nose down in the face, but the eyes will be these little inky pits of nothing yeah. with like this black I love that. The 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 smoke in Doctor Fate, how it almost was alive. That's just sweet to me. I don't know. Speaking it, of it, living was, smoke. Yes. I watched Hellboy Two this week. Oh nice. Did you, I watched it again myself. I loved that movie. Yeah. You the man. I, I really loved that movie. I, I thought that was start to finish entertaining. It wasn't yeah. too long. As many as many movies, I think, tend to be these days, it was not too long. Uh, it told a very simple, easy to understand, straightforward story. It was really a comic come to life. You know, yeah. here's the premise. Here's the villain. Here's his motivation. The villains were awesome. Now let's stop him. Yep, the villains were awesome. Um, I, I guess again, I'm 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 so new to the Hellboy universe that I've 
only, as you know, been reading the the library editions and haven't read any of the BPRD stuff yet, despite, I mean, I'm going to, it's, it's on my short list of things to read because I know Chris has recommended it quite a bit, but the, the smoky guy, was he the ectoplasmic man that they just did a, a one shot of a few months ago? Is that, is that the yeah. character in the movie? Was he ever in the books before that? Johan? Yeah. Yeah. Johan's been in the books for a while. Okay. What, what slayed me was uh, when I found out who voiced Johan. Who, who voiced I him? Didn't, I didn't, I didn't check that. Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy. Oh, Get really? out of here! No lie. Okay. The and and since Wood brought it up and and he mentioned BPRD uh, before we recorded tonight, I was talking to Renee. I had the forum up, and of course we have the banner at the top of the forum. And Vince, do you want to tell everybody who who's currently on it? I don't want to say who's on it this week because it could change tomorrow, knowing you. But who is in the banner? <laughs> It's good old Abe Sapien by Guy Davis. There you go. So she asked me, she sees that, she goes, who's that? And I says, I'm pretty sure that's Abe Sapien from Hellboy. And she goes, oh, speaking of Hellboy, how was the movie? And I says, oh, it was great. She goes, it was great in the sense that, you know, you like it because that's the type of stuff you enjoy, or is it great that, you know, somebody... And so she's kind of opening that door that, you know, somebody might want to, like, you know, I might enjoy it. Or, and I'm like, yeah, you'd like it. I said, some, Good for you. some of the effects, maybe some Man. of the, ma- I mean, nothing's going to scare you, but it's some of it, I mean, obviously you're going to have to suspend your disbelief, but it's, there's a, uh, I, so with the extended weekend, maybe I'll try to pop it into the DVD player again. Yeah. It was an instant hit with uh, Mia. That's she cool. loved it. Yeah. It was and cool. She's seven, so I think she, I, I, think, I don't think I, think I don't cool think Renee is going to enjoy the uh, the last of its kind plant monster and 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 what happens to it, but because uh, Renee is a huge foliage freak, we have it's like the fucking jungle in my house. We got more plants than anything else in here. So, but yeah, no, Hellboy and, Two is great. I I like I like boobies, but I'll tell you. That uh, Luke Goss is is sexy as hell for a dude. I like him better here <laughs> than I liked him in uh, in Blade Two. Who was he in Blade? Um, the main villain. He was uh, the dude, the, the vampire with the split chin. Oh, okay. okay. There you go. I see. I, I didn't make that connection. Nor yeah, did you, I. Could see, you, you could. I mean, it, it's. Well, I don't want to say. Oh my God, it's obvious. But no, he's definitely that. That the eyes and the uh, and that. That face was, I mean, I, I could be wrong because I didn't look, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that's the same dude. Okay. I'll tell you if they if they ever do an Elric movie, he's the perfect Ooh. guy for the role. You are so right. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a PK PK Russell drawn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. P, listen to me, PK Craig. P Craig Russell. I was going to let you roll with it, man. It's all right. I'm thinking and talking at the same time, and I, it doesn't work out all the time. <sighs> I think Chris so, fell asleep. Well, yeah, I think he did. And we're talking about Hellboy. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. But uh, just one more thing about Hellboy. The thing that got me was the meticulous attention to design that it seems was, was invested in the movie. Everything was so beautifully designed to the from the, the, the carriers that, that housed the uh, tooth fairies to the, the troll market just to, and the design of the, oh, yeah. the plant the plant elemental. That looks like pure Mignola. Oh yeah. 
it just it, it's it, it had his his fingerprints all over it and it's well and rightly so because it's his characters but it just david's right it was a comic book transferred to a movie for me it really said it. that the uh i didn't i didn't watch the extras yet i just watched a movie proper but i mean between from the troll market and of course the bprd headquarters but the the final scene where uh where hellboy fights the big bad with the clock gears and everything and it's just, every set just looked like they just put so much work into this movie yeah. and it's and it shows it just it it looks stellar yeah you got to give mike richardson credit he he knows business and this turned out very well for him in my opinion so far it was the best movie of the summer that i've seen i haven't seen a whole hell of a lot but uh as far as i'm concerned hellboy 2 it's the the best thing we are way over our time limit today some extra stuffing in the in the thanksgiving episode that's right yeah. we love you we're thankful for your your continued participation in this show actually for everybody stuffing or dressing stuffing, stuffing. Okay, Vince. I don't think I'd call it dressing. No, it's stuffing, man. No, but it's it depends on how it's prepared. Stuffing is in is cooked while it's in the turkey. Dressing is cooked separately, and then you can. You see, know, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm there's Italian. there's see, dressing goes on my salad. Yeah, well, That's I know, right. I know. Yeah, I know. And, and but and you really you really should that. do the dressing because the stuffing dries the turkey out. Yeah. Plus, plus you're cooking it in a bird. Where I mean, there's you know you. Chris and I can go all Alton Brown you, on you guys. You should go with yeah. yeah. It, it, stuffing, it's, man. I've been eating stuffing for 33 years. I think um, I'll be just fine. All right, yeah, hey. I like the stuffing, too. That's and the, you know, yeah. I'm I'm not a big fan of the turkey. Because you don't mean, like, like it, it sleepy. No, I, I like fan, it. Baby. I, I'll, I'll, I'll eat it, but yeah, you know what? Nah, give me give me some, some pasta any day. Oh, that is a shock. Yeah, with the, with the red gravy? See, to me, that's sauce. What the hell are you no, putting gravy, gravy on? Gravy. I've, I've, yeah, see, I've heard people say, oh, give me some gravy on the spaghetti. What the hell are you talking oh, about? What's... slap them. No. In no, fact, no. my my dad and his wife came up to the house last weekend, and it was great to see them, but one of the best parts was that my uh, my stepmother brought up big old vat of her gravy and meatballs and sausage. It was great. Oh, you are so lucky. You know, my wife's idea of spaghetti sauce, if I had a, 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 another bottle of beer, I would open it for you. That's how my wife prepares sauce. <laughs> okay, it's done. Like, what the hell is this? My grandmother would spend like eight hours yes. on a Saturday afternoon yes. cooking this stuff. Yes. Uh, 36-hour sauce, uh, baby. Oh, it was delicious. Would, but my wife, she's oh, the a, house would smell great. Is she Italian? You know, I, Did you marry a non-Italian? No. Well, she she is Italian, but only part. She's uh, the rest By is injection. Irish, Welsh, oh. Irish, Welsh, and German. So. And the Irish, Welsh, and German part would say, "Well, did your grandmother have ragu? I don't think so." <laughs> no. My grandmother would throw a can of ragu at your head if you ever brought it in the house. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it, right, guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. We give thanks for our, our fans in the community. Damn, Skippy. Yeah. I, I, I would not even call them fans. I would call them brothers and sisters. That's why I said our community. That. That's right. Fellow but, uh, in, lieu, in lieu of going out and buying comics like with the usual buy this, buy that, I would say go hug your kids or your loved one and just have a good time tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Today, sorry. Oh, and, and those of you that are participating in Dr. Teeth's gift exchange, please do try and do that in the next 
week or so so you can get the stuff mailed out so people can have it under their their trees or their their uh their Hanukkah bushes. <laughs> or their Festivus pole. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and give to the Hero Initiative. That's right. True, give true. back to these the seeds that give us so much. Yeah, for those yeah. who who should be thankful for uh for stuff this season. So well said. It's a great charity. Yeah. And as Clay Wilson's on the mend. Yes, yes. How about that? Oh, and please, right. please, 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 people, in this holiday season, don't forget to buy Witchblade. <laughs> I knew there was a reason why I liked it. <laughs> All right, so we'll see you next week. You can you can bet on that. Oh, they'll see three you of us. See me. You won't, you won't hear me, but you'll hear the other three. Oh, we're gonna have to call in the helpline. Maybe, Maybe I'll, we'll yeah. get like the last time I tried to do, do that. The ball. We, we should we should totally get Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the heat. That's right. I said it. <laughs> All right. Bye. Good night. Adios. I'm a-